Okay, good evening, and welcome to uh, our Bible study this evening. And we'll be continuing on with the, uh, with the um, Baptist distinctives. La um, the last two um, lessons we've been uh, looking at is um, an acrostic of um, the word Baptist, B-A-P-T-I-S-T-S. The first thing we looked at was um, the Bible. Then we looked at um, the autonomy or independence of uh, the local church. Then we looked at the um, priesthood of all believers. And then we looked at the two offices of pastor and deacon. Now the next one I want to look at is, uh, I'm not going to go back through the, 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 what we've been through already um, because of the, the amount of time that I have. Um, but we're going to be looking at individual soul liberty. What is uh, individual soul liberty? What is it all about? Well, it's every uh, individual believer is responsible to his own conscience before God to interpret and live as God has mandated in Scripture. Every man by nature has the right of private judgment in the interpretation of the Scriptures and in all religious concerns. It's his privilege to read and explain the Bible for himself, without dictation from or dependence on anyone, being responsible to God alone for his use of the sacred truth. Every man has the right to hold such opinions as he believes the Bible teaches, without harm or hindrance from anyone on that account, as long as he doesn't interfere or intrude with the rights of others. Now I'm going to read uh, Romans chapter 14. If you have a Bible, I'd like for you to look at that and, and follow along with me. And it's uh, uh, Romans chapter 14. And the Bible says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, and another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth thanks, God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he, he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou sell at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow, thou shalt bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us therefore judge one another, not judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know, and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, there is nothing unclean of itself. 
But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not, your, let not then your good be speaking, evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in, that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroyeth not the work of God, all things indeed are pure. But it is evil for that man who eateth without with offence. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not him, himself in the thing which he alloweth. He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. It's quite an interesting passage. But basically what it's, uh, it's saying that it's something like, like um, if I, I uh, eat pork, for instance, and um, I invite somebody around to my house or for, for, for a meal, and I know that that person will not eat pork. So I wouldn't um, invite him around to my house and have a roast pork. Mm. Because I'd just be offending that person. And that's basically what it is. It's talking about his... Um, everything is clean. But if someone uh, says that it's unclean, then to them it is. It's in their, it's their conscience. So we have to be careful with that. Now, um, all men possess the common right to worship God according to the teachings of the Scripture, as they understand them, without hindrance or molestation. As long as they do not injure or interfere with others. I'm going to read something for you here. This is very interesting. This is um, the trial of John Bunyan. I don't know if you've ever heard of John Bunyan. Well, John Bunyan, he wrote, we obviously know, he wrote The Pilgrim's uh, Progress. And this, uh, he was uh, put on trial. And... Um, this is the account of that trial. And he stood before Judge Wingate. And Judge Wingate, this was uh, in the year 16, 1660, around that time, 1660. Yep, 1660, in, uh, in um, October the 3rd. It says here, Mr. Bunyan, you stand before this court accused of persistence and willful transgression of the Conventicle Act, which prohibits all British subjects from absenting themselves, absenting themselves from worship in the Church of England and from conducting worship services apart from our Church. You come presum presumably with no legal training and yet without counsel. I must warn you, sir, of the gravity of the charge, the harshness of the penalty in the event of your conviction and the foolhardiness of acting as your own counsel in so serious a matter. Are you cognizant of these facts, and do you understand the charge? And Bunyan says, I am, and I do, my lord. And John Wingate said, 
In truth, I hope you do. Now, I hold in my hand the depositions of the witnesses against you in each case. They have testified that they, to their knowledge, you have never in your adult life attended services in the church of this parish. Each further testifies that he has observed you on numerous occasions conducting religious exercises in and near Bedford. These depositions have been read to you, have they not? And Bunyan said, yes, they have, my lord. Judge Wingate said, in that case, then, this court would be profoundly interested in your response to them. And Bunyan, uh, John Bunyan said, thank you, my lord. Um, I say I'm grateful for the opportunity to respond. Firstly, the depositions speak the truth. I have never attended services in the Church of England, nor do I attend, uh, intend ever to do so. Secondly, it is no secret that I preach the word of God whenever, wherever, and to whomever he pleases to grant me opportunity to do so. Having said that, my Lord, where there is a weighted issue that I am constrained to address. I have no choice but to acknowledge my awareness of the law, which I am accused of transgressing. Likewise, I have no choice but to confess my guilt and my transgression of it. As true as these things are, I must affirm that I neither regret breaking the law nor repent of having broken it. Further, I must warn you that I have no intention in future of conforming to it. It is on its, fa it is on its face an unjust law, a law against which honourable men cannot shrink from protesting. In truth, my Lord, it violates an infinitely higher law, the right of every man to seek God in his own way, unhindered by any temporal power. That, my Lord, is my response. So Judge Wingate goes on and says, This court will remind you, sir, that we are not here to debate the merits of the law. We are here to determine if you are, in fact, guilty of violating, the, violating it. Perhaps, my Lord, that is why you are here. But it is certainly not why I am here. I am here because you compel me to be here. All I ask is to be left alone to preach and to teach as God directs me. As however I must be here, I cannot fail to use these circumstances and opportunity to speak uh, what I know to be an unjust and odious edict. Let me understand you, Judge Wingate goes on. You're arguing that every man has a right given to him by Almighty God to seek the deity in his own way. Here we go, with the individual soul of liberty. In his own way, even if he chooses without benefit of the church, of the English church, that is precisely what I'm arguing, my Lord. Or without benefit of any church. Judge Wingate, do you know what you're saying? What of Papists and Quakers? What of pagan Mohammedans? Have these the right to seek God in their own misguided way? Even these, my Lord. Judge Wingate, may I ask you if you are particularly sympathetic to the views of these or other such deviant religious societies? And Bunyan, John Bunyan said, I am not, my Lord. Judge Wingate says, Yet you affirm a God-given right to hold any alien religious doctrine that appeals to the warped minds of men. I do, my Lord. Judge Wingate said, I find your views impossible of belief. And what of those who left to their own devices would have no interest in things heavenly? Have they right to be allowed to continue unmolested in their error? Bunyan says, It is my firm belief that they do, my Lord. And on what basis, may I ask, can you make such a rash affirmation? On the basis, my Lord, that a man's religious views or lack of them are matters between his conscience and his God, and are not the business of the Crown, the Parliament, or even, with all due respect, the Lord of the Court. However, I may be in disagreement with another man's sincerely whole religious beliefs, 
neither I nor any other may disallow his right to hold those beliefs. No man's rights in these affairs are secure if every other man's rights are not equally secure. It is obvious, sir, Judge Wingate says, that you are a victim of deranged thinking. If my ears deceive me, just hold on a second. Uh, if my ears deceive me, I must infer from your words that you believe the state to have no interest in the religious life of its subjects. But John Bunyan said, The state, my lord, may have an interest in anything that one wishes to have an interest. But the state has no right whatsoever to interfere in the religious life of its citizens. Judge Wingate, you are a tinker by trade, are you not, Mr. Bunyan? That is correct, my lord. Would you mind apprising the court of the extent of your formal schooling? Not at all. Bunyan says, My lord, uh, I am able to read and write, and that with difficulty. Judge Winger, I surmised as much. I think I perceive why you are unable to appreciate the disaster that would accompany your views, should ever they take hold and sway in our society. I myself, and, and I say this in all modesty, am not inconsiderably trained in the historian's discipline. If you were half or so well versed yourself, you would instantly recognize the fatal flaw in your reasoning. Throughout history, virtually every significant human tragedy has come about as a result of divergent religious views. Nation against nation, brother against brother, war, destruction, devastation, time and time again. And why, I shall tell you, tell you why, sir, is because men cannot agree on which God to worship and how to worship Him. And after a long and arduous struggle, we have succeeded in forging a conformity in the religious beliefs of all Englishmen. All our problems will be resolved when everyone finally agrees to accommodate himself and adopt the same orthodoxy of religious opinion. No more religious wars, no more divisive doctrinal disputes. Think of it, Mr. Bunyan. Does this not portend a society of which any man would be proud and happy to be a part? And Bunyan says, to a degree, my lord, it admittedly does, but only if everyone can be convicted by virtue of reason alone to adopt identical views of God. The society that you describe is an appealing one, but I fear the cost is far too high. It would necessitate that honest men repudiate convictions honestly held. Judge Wingate, you are Mr. Bunny, a strong-willed and opinionated man, yet this court finds it fascinating to speak with you and wishes, time permitted, further discussion of our respective philosophies with less time is passing swiftly. And uh, um, he goes ahead to mention about uh, John Bunyan's family and about his uh, daughter that was born blind and, and um, he could spend a lot of time in prison. And um, John Wingrate goes on and on. And I don't think I'll read, read the rest, but I think that you get the, the idea of what um, individual soul liberty is about. The man, is the, the, uh, it's his conscience, and uh, and he is responsible to God himself alone. John fourteen seventeen says, "Even the Spirit of Truth, whom the God can, uh, the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you." In Romans 8, 9 it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So every born-again believer has the, uh, within himself the Holy Spirit. 
who is fully capable to teach the truth of the word of God to that individual. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. It's not that we have no need for teachers or, or, or preachers in the church, because uh, God has certainly placed those in to the church for that purpose. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. However, God imparts, ultimately imparts truth to the heart of the individual, and that person is responsible as well as accountable for that truth. So liberty is rooted in the Word of God. Man is responsible for his choices, but he has a free, he is free to choose. He can choose. When we um, witness uh, to people, we are to try and convince people. We're not to try and compel them to believe. We can't compel someone. Um, we are also, we, we will try to persuade. But we can't force people. They have a right to, to what they believe. But we will try the best we can to be able to reach um, people uh, with the gospel. Individual, what is our individual responsibility? What, what is our responsibility? Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, we are to prove to self, ourselves, preaching has to be, preaching is, has to be valued. We value the preaching, we value teaching. But we mustn't take all things on trust. And we've got to look at the Word of God and see what it says. And we can't just take everything. This is what, what has happened in some of these uh, of the cults, where people have just taken the uh, um, whatever the watchtower says, as, and, and they don't deviate from that. And uh, if you told them anything else, they say, no, the watchtower says this, the watchtower says that. So. Mm. And they, you, uh, they excommunicate you. Yep. You go really? against it. Yep. You watch to with it in your leg. Yep. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, the people there are trapped. And I was thinking about that this morning. It's, it's, uh, it's awful. Um, being in that, in, in, a, in like a trap. Um, where instead of uh, being, having the Holy Spirit, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not saved. They can't. Um, they're just parroting what somebody else says. And the watchtower, the watchtower is everything. And, um, and it's not the only cult. There are others with uh, even somebody even more weird. But, uh, talking about me? You're talking about me? Oh, yeah, John, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say weird, I'd say unbiblical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really unbiblical. Uh, far out, some uh, just craziness. Uh, anyway, but we've got to prove all things. Uh, in 2 Peter 3.18 it says, um, we must grow individually. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We've got to be searching for the truth. Remember in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. 
in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. So when Paul went from, uh, um, to Berea, those people were far more receptive than uh, the others. And they looked into the Bible to see if the things that Paul was saying were so. Um, personal assurance in 2 Timothy 1.12 the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and have persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. We have personal assurance. That's our, our responsibility. We need that assurance. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. We know, most of us know this verse, read these verses. It says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the, uh, by the will of man but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost so verse 21 refers to the Holy Spirit revealing the word of God therefore it is through the Holy Spirit that it is understood the Bible is uh, was uh, um, is the Holy Spirit's work working through men and so he is the author of the scriptures we have the author of the scriptures dwelling in us so he, he, he is able to teach us no individual has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit over another. If you're saved, you can learn the Word of God. Because the, pre the teacher lives within you. We don't need a Pope or a watchtower to interpret the Scriptures for us. You cannot, in the watchtower, you cannot interpret the Scripture for yourself. You, they all tell you what it says. This is what it means. And they deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is one thing which we Baptists believe to be absolute. We believe that uh, uh, what the Bible teaches and uh, every single bit of it. Now we have, uh, what is our individual accountability? In 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15, the Bible says, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So we know that, um, in, uh, let's read another verse as well, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10, it says, Wherefore we labor, and whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Let me read Romans chapter 14. The Bible said in, in chapter, uh, verse 4, To his own master he standeth or falleth. So um, we are accountable because we are each... Every single one of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things done in the body. Um, if we've worked for him and we've been faithful, there's rewards. If not, then there won't be rewards. But you will not lose your salvation. Salvation is secure. It always is because the Lord Jesus Christ said that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that is everlasting. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we cannot lose our salvation. You're forever secure in Him. But um, 
these are quite interesting things <clears throat> that everybody has a choice and it's a free choice you can interpret the scripture as you as you will but in the end <clears throat> you will stand before the judgment seat so um, make sure that you're right <laughs> make sure that you, you um, you're looking into the word of God and, you, and you're rightly dividing the word of truth okay so that's as far as we're going to go tonight and next week we'll be looking at a separation of the church and the state. So that's the next one. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you that we can look into the Word of God. We thank you for your goodness to us. Pray that Lord you'd bless us as we go our separate ways. Keep us safe. Lord, I pray for the Lord's Day. The Lord you be with Stu who brings the Word of God to us. Lord, please speak to our hearts. Encourage us through this, um, through this week. And we might um, uh, have an opportunity to share the gospel. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.